Hey y'all. Uh, what a day it has been. Um, I don't even know where to start. Before we get started though, I want to take a moment to talk about my coffee this morning. Normally my coffee is impeccable. I, I love coffee. I have coffee every day. I'm pretty sure the Starbucks baristas here on campus know who I am by name and that's kind of embarrassing. But my coffee this morning was slightly disappointing. I, I tried a new coffee and I tried a iced toffee nut latte with almond milk. Now I have to have almond milk because I'm lactose intolerant so I get almond milk in all my drinks. Well anyways this drink I don't know what it was about it, but it was just not, it was not it. Normally my, my typical coffee order is a iced caramel macchiato with almond milk again. And every time I order one of these, it's fantastic. It makes my day so much better. It's just an instant pick me up. I instantly feel the serotonin rush that I need for my day. So I thought I would just bring you guys up to speed with where I'm at on my co daily coffee. I am also heavily caffeinated from that coffee. So that'll make this interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> we're off to a wonderful start. Today's episode is going to focus on periods. That is such a fun topic. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. So the first thing I want to do is go through... The history of periods. I don't know if it's just me, but I never learned anything about periods in elementary school, middle school, or high school. I never had a formal education on periods. I just kind of had to learn about them on my own. But there's there's a lot of history on periods, which is fascinating because a lot of this I never knew before. So we're going to dive into that. And then after I talk about the history of periods, I'm going to tell y'all about what my period is like. And that's so personal and probably a TMI for a first episode. But you know what? We're going to do it because why not? Um, and maybe some of you guys can relate. I hope that some of you can relate. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about some ancient myths about periods. Now the first thing, the first disclaimer I'd like to put out there is a lot of this information that I pulled is still, you, you know, not 100% accurate because there's very little documentation about periods in the ancient world. The reason is that most scribes of the time were men, right? Most men were doing the writing and all the academic stuff. So men tend to to leave menstruation out of the picture of history. The first thing about ancient myths that the ancient history of periods is that menstruating women are associated with magic and sorcery. How cool is that? Uh, there was even a Roman philosopher, I think his name is Finney. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Please don't get mad at me, ancient Roman philosopher, for not knowing how to pronounce your name. I'm so sorry. He wrote that, um, you know, menstrual bread had this immense power. It could make dogs mad. It could destroy crops. And if menstrual blood was exposed to lightning, it could ward off hailstorms. I mean, 
the immense power that menstrual blood had, like people were terrified of this concept, which is insane to me because since the beginning of time, women have had periods, right? Now, as I mentioned before, the history of periods is, you know, filled with mis misinformation, filled with it, because this topic is historically taboo. Like, periods are one of the topics that is not only historically taboo, but in present day, it's also taboo. Okay, and then, so we, we, we talked about these myths, right? The, the women's periods were threatening. They could destroy whole crops. Uh, imagine, if my period destroyed a whole crop, how powerful I would be. That'd be incredible. Anyways, moving on to some ancient Egyptians. So we're going to talk about, I guess, the history of period products. I often wonder, how did the original tampon come about? And what did ancient women use? Well, let me tell you, ancient Egyptians used um, papyrus as tampons. And ancient Greeks, this sounds so uncomfortable, they used tampons made out of wood wrapped with linen. I mean, ima imagine, okay, periods are uncomfortable, right? But imagine you've got to use a piece of wood and like lint and use that as a tampon. Oh no, girl, that sounds uncomfortable. I'm gonna move right along into medieval times. Now, medieval times, comes with a huge shift to religion. And there's a lot of religious shame at this time of brown periods. And this led to women hiding their periods from the public, which I don't know if that sounds super familiar from what we do today, but like women hide their periods from the public. I mean, period commercials don't even use blood. They use blue liquid. So, I mean, you can see some similarities there. What medieval women used, some of them used rags um, to absorb their menstrual blood, but many of them would free bleed. And the interesting thing here is that menstrual blood was considered dirty, and these women would fill like satchels full of like herbs and other good smelling stuff to try to hide the fact that they were bleeding into their clothes. Now, we get into the Victorian era and we see the Hoosier sanitary belt. And this sounds like the most uncomfortable contraption known to man. Like I don't, I'm so glad I don't live in this era because it's basically like a um, washable pad that's attached to a belt that you then put around your waist. And if you look up pictures of it, it looks like the most terrifying contraption ever. It looks like a torture device. In 1888, we get the first disposable pads. How exciting! But women, you know, there's still this 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 stigma that periods are dirty, periods are gross, um, women are dirty for having periods, and so women, you know, they have disposable pads at their use, but they don't want to be seen buying them in public because buying them in public means, you know, I've got a period and I'm trying to take care of it but I don't want anyone to know that I have a period. Then we get um, nurses that use bandage material as pads to absorb 
menstrual blood because at this time there was a war going on about the 1920s and so they're using like these bandages to soak up their um, menstrual blood which actually this material becomes a part of um, you know commercial sanitary pads here's an interesting thing tampons were invented by a man tampons were invented by a man let let that sink in a product used for a woman bodily function and to go inside of a woman's body was invented by a man the, the interesting thing about you know the first tampon okay let, let me let me stop here tampons that have been used you know the tampons made out of wood and papyrus and even like sea sponge you know they didn't have an applicator typically you think about a tampon and you think about like the plastic or cardboard applicator they did not have those so women were inserting tampons by themselves so this man you know knowing that there's there there's still a lot of stigma a lot of taboo religious and cultural taboo around vaginas and many women still don't feel comfortable touching their own vaginas and with this applicator this plastic applicator you don't have to touch your vagina or your blood which I mean I don't want to touch blood so that's really cool for me but you know the the reason for this applicator is still to address a taboo you know the taboo that is a period and the other interesting thing about tampons at this time so so tampons these you know tampons that we think about that have applicators were invented about 1929. Tampons were originally marketed to married women because people thought that by using a tampon you would lose your virginity to a piece of cotton. Um, and honestly, we'll get into the topic of virginity in, an, in another episode, but wow, how, how, oh, how much misinformation about tampons, you know? Wow. All right, so periods in our present day, we've got options. We do not need to go find a stick of wood and a piece of lint and solve our problems that way. We have menstrual cups, we have tampons, and tampons have multiple levels of absorbency. We have pads, we have absorbent period underwear, we have it all. We have options. All right, that's a, that's a little background on history of the period. I don't know if I did a good job with that, but um, now you know a little bit more. I didn't know some of these things. Like honestly, to me, it's so shocking the ways in which women coped with their period during these different eras. I can't even imagine trying to do their daily tasks, the daily tasks of women in ancient and Victorian eras and being on my period with such stigma and such, you know, there weren't a lot, like we, they, <laughs> the Hoosier belt. I don't want to wear a Hoosier belt. So, uh, now I, I, I want to take a moment 
to talk about my own period. And it's, it's quite the journey, honestly. My first period happened when I was 12. I don't remember the exact year because the years have kind of blurred together, but I know the date. It was December 16th. And I remember, I, I mean, I knew what a period was. I have an older sister. Thank God I had an older sister to, you know, model and explain to me what a period was like because at least I didn't freak out about having a period. That That's a plus for me. So I started my period December 16th, 12-year-old me. And, you know, it's, I start my day, I wake up, do the normal things, and I finally go to the bathroom. Time for me to take a shower, right? I got to get ready for the day. And at the time, <laughs> I wear these super dorky nightgowns in middle school, okay? Really dorky, really gross. I, I don't know who let me wear those, but <laughs> I did, I wore them. So I had one particular one, my favorite one. It had cupcakes on it. So cute, I know, I know what you're thinking. That's so attractive. Well, anyways, I take it off and I set it on the bathroom floor and I remember, oh my goodness, there's blood on my, on my nightgown. What am I gonna do? Holy cow. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, recognizing that this might be my period because it's on the back of my nightgown. So to confirm this, I, you know, my underwear is sat on the floor and it is just a murder scene. I mean, wow, that, whew, that was a lot, a lot of blood. And so, you know, my mom comes into the bathroom and she shows me how to put on a pad, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. So we're going out for the day, and I feel super weird because being this is my first period ever, and it's just uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable start to the day. How uncomfortable is it to wake up to to, to bleeding through your nightgown? That's embarrassing. So I just felt weird, and my mom knew I was on my period, and my sisters knew, and it was just enough, you know. So we went about our day. And I think I ended up bleeding through my pants that day, which it was not uncommon for me in middle school. I don't know what was going on, but my first few periods were so heavy, so heavy. It was the worst. I, this is so gross. I remember I would be sitting in my homeroom class at the end of the day, and I'd be praying to God that I didn't bleed through my chair. And there were some times where I did. I wore so many jeans in middle school. And it's not that I was, you know, being, you know, unsanitary and sitting on a pad for eight hours. I was changing it like every one to two hours. And so, you know, that was a struggle for a long time. And then I, I got to high school. And I'm not exactly sure what changed in my body. I'm still not 100% sure. But I started getting really bad cramps. Really, 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 really bad cramps. And not just during my period, but like for a week before and a week after. Okay, so three weeks of cramps. Can you, can you fathom that? That's awful. That's terrible. 
I mean, part of the reason I had cramps is because I was still like eating so much milk and cheese and I'm lactose intolerant. So that might be the problem, but still three weeks of cramps. And I remember there was a time, I think I was a junior in high school. And I remember this was when my cramps had gotten really bad. I had gotten to school and I had just woken up to my period and I dragged myself to school and I was ready to start my day. And I was, I was about to enter my homeroom, oh, maybe like five minutes before school is about to start. And I just felt these cramps and I was like, ooh, I don't know if school is a possibility today. So, you know, I call my mom and I'm like, hey, I think I'm just gonna go home. So I drive myself home. And at, at this house, we, the garage, you know, you open the garage door and you walk into the laundry room. And that is exactly what I did. But I did not make it very far inside the door. I walked in the door, closed the door, and I sat down on the laundry room floor. I could not move. It hurt so bad. I, just excruciating pain in my lower abdomen. It felt like my uterus was like trying to escape my body. <laughs> that's really graphic, but that's what it felt like. And I just remember sitting there like, geez, like what is going on with my body? And, you know, I've gone to the OBGYN to um, see what was up. Because, you know, that was a little concerning. And my OBGYN, she prescribed me um, birth control to help manage the cramps and the bleeding and all of those good things that come with periods. <laughs> How amazing. How amazing are periods. I love them. Honestly, the only reason I'm making this podcast, this episode right now, is because I am on my period. And I just, I just thought it would be a great way to introduce the topics of this podcast. Anyways, back to the story. So she prescribes me birth control and you know, it's fine, except it creates this little problem called breakthrough bleeding. So not only do I have to deal with my regular period, I'm dealing with like unpredictable spotting while I'm not on my period. Uh, I know a bleeding once a month is already uncomfortable enough. So I switched to multiple types of birth control. I think I, I think I had a total of three and you know, my only complaint with the recent one is that it doesn't really manage the pain of my cramps. Like it's still incredibly painful. Like this week, I was at the library, the beginning of my period. I had just eaten breakfast. I was not thrilled because I'd woken up and blood through my favorite shorts. That sucked. I did not like that. And you know, I'm at the library, I need to study. We had midterms this week and I need to study. And I sit down and I'm like, oh girl, I'm not comfortable. I do not feel well. So I get, I, you know, we're on the second floor of the library. So I get on the elevator with my friends and I just end up sitting on the floor. Now, if you know me, if you know me personally and you know me well, 
I'm always on the floor. Always. I love the floor. I love sitting on the floor. I love laying on the floor. I am on the floor a lot. But in this case, I did not want to be on the floor. I'm in an elevator. I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. Uh, I need to be on my feet. And I just could not. It just hurt so bad. So that's where I'm at with my period. Have I solved the issue? No. And has my journey with my period been uncomfortable and embarrassing? Absolutely. Which is why I talk about it. Now, this episode has been a kind of surface level. You know, there have been a little, little conversations about, you know, um, the history of periods and period products and what women um, used for their period. And there was also my beautiful, lovely, incredible story about my period. It's amazing. But I just wanted to start with this topic because I felt like it was a great way to introduce the idea of the female body and the reproductive cycle of the woman. And so in these next episodes, as we hopefully take this journey together, in these next episodes, I want to dive more into um, topics surrounding reproductive injustices. And I really want to look at both sides of the argument here. I know there's tons of topics that have controversy on both sides, but I want to look at it in a way in which we can give the sovereignty of the female body back to the woman. So that's what I hope this podcast can do. I'm really hoping I can articulate these ideas to y'all in a way in which you understand what reproductive injustices are and why we as women want the right to have sovereignty over our body. So that's all I've got for you guys in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. That was wonderful for me. And I will see you on the next one.